Right. We are going to read God's Word together. Um, and, uh, you know, a responsive reading. Hopefully it will pop up. Oh, it has. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> although it's not actually in the form of a responsive reading. But there you go. Tell you what, we'll just read the whole thing together. I had it kind of uh, bolded. Bits that you read and bits that I read. But hey, we'll just go with the whole thing. So, let's read together. Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them the rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And we praise God for his word. I'm going to ask Ruth to come up now and uh, talk to us. And pray for her as she comes up. Father God, thank you for Ruth. Thank you for the work that she does. Thank you for the protection that you have over her. And we just ask, Lord, that you would bless her now as she brings your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ruth, how do you want to do this? Do you want a handheld mic? Do you want a handheld yeah, mic? Can we have the handheld? Handheld? Okay. Do you need the lectern? No. No? Good. Amazing. Good morning. Good morning, Ruth. Isn't God good? Yes. Amen? Amen. So in Uganda, this is what we do. Uh, we say God is good. God is good. And you say all the time. Right? So God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. And in Uganda, this is how we finish. We say, and that's his nature. Wow. Right? Not that complicated, is it? Okay, so we say God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and that's His nature. Wow, isn't it cute? It's actually wonderful to see when you see a hundred children all doing the same thing. It's it's lovely. Um, it's wonderful to be here, as usual. It's so lovely to come back home. Um, somebody said to me, "Oh, you're here on holiday." No. <laughs> This is definitely not holiday, but um, I love being home. And today I'm on preaching duties and grandma duties. Um, I said, I can do this, I can do this. So if you see her crying and I have to pick your heart up and preach at the same time, we can all do it. Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, I just want to work on you. Lord, I've never been this way before. 
So I'm asking you to come and speak to your people. I'm asking you to come and have your way. Let us feast at that wonderful table that you made for us. And let each person have something to take away with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So I've been in Uganda now, it's 12, 11 years. 11 years since I left in 2012. And what a journey it has been. Um, in During COVID in 2020, I had some wonderful time, two weeks sleep. I was like, yes, nobody can phone me, nobody can do nothing. So I'm just going to sleep. So for two weeks I slept. And you know when you sleep and your ribs hurt? Like you've been in bed too long. I was like, okay, I'm going to get up now. And um, I said to the Lord, look at my what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to me, write a book. And I said, what? He said, write a book. I said, I can hardly put an email together. <laughs> what do you mean, write a book? And he said, write a book. And I sat down and I was like, I can't do anything like that. And the, the Lord was so gracious. I sat there and he gave me the chapters. And he said, this is the chapters. I was like, okay. So I said, but I warn you, it's probably going to end up being a booklet rather than a book. So I started writing and I said, after about, I told my, my, my children, I'm writing a booklet. This is so exciting. And you can tell I've never done it before because as soon as you hit 10,000 words, I was like, wow, 10,000 words. Wow, 1,400 words. I was so excited. And I wrote it and I finished. And after I finished, the Lord said, do it again. I said, sorry. He said, do it again. And I had to do it again. I put more meat to it. And continue and continue. What I didn't realize that by writing this book, I was being healed. God was healing me in writing a book that is actually going to heal others. And God was working on me. And here she comes. You were doing so well. What happened? Where's the other mic? Give her a mic so she can preach as well. She wants to preach. Just, yeah, just switch it off and you'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Amazing. Two preachers in the house. <laughs> She's actually checking to see if it's on. It's on. Right. So it was so hard writing this book, but it was so gratifying at the same time because I had to see, I began to see areas in my life where I was getting healed and areas where I had to be healed. This morning, um, as I was praying, actually last night as I was praying, I said, Lord, what do you want me to share? And the Lord brought me to this wonderful scripture that he gave me actually during our last mission. Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah 43. Um, I don't know if he's going to bring it up. I thought I'd use my phone. I have my Bible there, but trying to hold the Bible with this one. No. So I thought I'd use my phone. Right. Ruth, we deserve a picture here. Come on. Mate, I'm never going to get this again for a long time. Right. Um, Isaiah 43. But now, O Jacob, listen to me. Listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, 
the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isn't it comforting? Isn't it wonderful? You are mine. You know one of the things is like, when you use, when you was a young Christian, you get a scripture like this, wouldn't you? And you think, wow, God is saying I am his. Wow, this is so lovely. But when you mature and you get this scripture, you're kind of thinking, why, what's coming? What's happening? Why do you need to remind me that I'm yours? What are you about to do? And that's the way it is in my life. As soon as I get a comforting scripture from the Lord, I'm like, fantastic, God. What's going to happen? That I need to remember. Everybody put your attention on me, leave the baby alone. <laughs> and I thought, kept saying, Lord, what are you going to do? Listen to chapter 2. Verse 2, sorry. When you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you, for I am, I am the Lord, your God. I had an instance of this uh, last year when the Lord asked me to do a mission. And I said to the Lord, okay. And he said to me, you're going to do a mission and you're going to do five different districts. So I was like, okay, five different districts. I've got to do a conference in five different places. That's fine. No. And I said, okay, Lord, I can do this. Then he said to me, but you're going to do it in one month. I said, what? He said, do it in one month. Because I had thought, when he gave me the word, I thought, he gave me the word in August, so August, September, October, November, by December, we would have finished the five missions. Then he said, no, I had to do it all within the month of October. So which means every Sunday, every weekend, I had to go out and do a mission in different villages. Now, for those of you who haven't been to Africa, these districts are so far apart. You're talking about 250 miles in between on rough roads, not the nice little roads that you have here, very smooth. You know, the whole road you're like this, almost like you're on a horse, but you're not. And you know what? We did these missions, but halfway through the missions, I got attacked physically. I was sick, and I remember Ruth sent a message out to pray for me. I was so sick that I even questioned, did God really tell me to do this? And if he did, why was I so sick? I couldn't work it out. I couldn't understand why I was being so attacked. Until the Lord showed me that actually the reason why I was being attacked is because of the places I was going were under attack. We went to one church and we got there. And as soon as I got there, I was in the car park. I lost all strength in my body. I couldn't even enter the church. I slowly crawled up to the church. And as I came into the church, the 
the people were kind of singing. I couldn't even work out what they were doing. I was like, Lord, what is this? So I told my team that I was singing with. I said to my team that I was singing with, why don't you... Ruth, do you want to help me out? See what, see what happens. If she screams, take her outside, don't worry. No, no. Just take her. Oh, you can take her to the children's area. Okay. So this church was hardly had any people in there. We were supposed to do a conference. We got there, it was empty. So I told my team to go in and do some prayer, to do prayer. And as they went to pray, we felt that there was a hold over this church. And we said, why isn't anybody here? We're supposed to be doing a conference. At 12 o'clock, people started coming in. The conference was supposed to start at nine. 12 o'clock, people started coming in. And uh, the more we prayed, the more people were coming in. And I kept saying, what is happening? Eventually, I got enough strength. I, I couldn't preach. I had to let one of my team members to preach because I was too weak. And eventually, I got enough strength to come to the front of the church. And as I stood in front of the church, I said to the church, there is a witch doctor around here. Does anybody know where they are? And everybody was like, oh, um, around. So I said, okay, let's pray. I called the church members to the pulpit. Let's pray about this. But as soon as I finished praying, I almost passed out. They carried me to the car. I'm in the car, and I'm honestly thinking, Lord, I'm going to die. You told me to do this. You told me to come here and preach. A guy, a lady comes to the car and she said, you know you said about a witch doctor around here? I said, yeah. And she said, you're right. There is one. I said, I know, I know there is one because the Holy Spirit never lied. And she said, yeah, but he's here. And I said, where? And she said, in the church. And I said, but I didn't see anybody in the church. She said, it's the pastor. And I said, What? She said, yeah, but during the day, he pretends to be a pastor, but at night, he's a witch doctor, and they use this place as a sacrifice. And I stood there, and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? So I said, okay, we have to pray. And we prayed, and what happened is, as we continued to pray, I went back in again, and we continued to pray, and the power of God came in such a way I haven't seen the tangible power of God like that before. He came in such a way that somehow it was the weirdest thing you ever see. The people, the congregation that go to the church, their eyes were opened. They become alert. It was like, this is what the presence of God feels like. And then they were confused, like, what were we feeling before this? A lot of them left the church. Um, many, some, I think it was only about a few that stayed or really close, close to the pastor, but many got freedom and they were able to leave that church. But it took a beating that even after the conference, I continued to be sick. And I remember the Lord saying this scripture to me and said, whatever you go through, I will still be with you in it. 
believe you will mistake you. And I said to the Lord, but why do we have to go through it? Why can't it be smooth sailing? Isn't it? I'm serving you. Why do I have to go through heartache if I'm serving you? But you know what he said to me? He said, because I am transforming you to look like Christ. I said, huh? One of the greatest joy that I have found doing mission work is not actually the work. It's what it turns me into being. It's the person that I become. Our greatest mission on earth even as worship is awesome, it's not even to worship. Our greatest mission on earth is to look like him. Is to be Christ. Is to be Christ in our families. Is to be Christ in our workplaces. Is to be Christ on the mission field. Is to be Christ to our grandchildren and to our children. And that's why he makes that promise and he says that you are mine. Irrespective in life or in death, you are mine. Do you know what I would have loved if verse 2 said, if you go through. If you go through the waters. If you go through the fire. If. But he doesn't say if. Because if he said if, I'm feeling that I could maybe dodge it. Isn't it? Because it's it's if, and it's like, oh, it's coming, I'm going this way. (laughs) Oh, there it is, no, I'm going this way. And it doesn't say if, it said when. Another time he said when is when you pray. It didn't say if you pray, when you pray. Now he's saying when you go through the fire, when you go through the, uh, the waters, when it is inevitable for us as Christians to go through the these things. We can't dodge it. Because Christ didn't. We can't dodge it. Because actually Jesus Christ is our biggest example of when. (laughs) He went through it all. I love my granddaughter to the bit. I probably love her more than my children now. You know what I mean? Any grandparents will understand that. You know, kind of, my children are like, move out the way. I'm not responsible for you anymore. Would I die for her? Don't know. Maybe the time came. But Christ chose to die for us. He chose. He didn't say, if I die for you, when, I will do it. And in return, he says, but when you go through these things, remember what? That I'm with you. When things are hard, remember, I am with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. That mission was the hardest mission I had ever done. Another hard time was when, again, the Lord told me, this was during COVID, and the Lord said to me, I want you to go minister to pastors. I said, no, they don't like me. And he said, I want you to go minister to them. I said, they don't like me. I'm a woman. I'm not married. So really, I can't really minister to them. And the Holy Spirit said, go. So I thought, okay, I'll go. And I met various pastors in different areas. I think 
altogether met up to 300, over 300 pastors. And now there was this one place I went, it was my biggest test. I walked in early, and there was about three male pastors sitting down. And I went, I, I took somebody with me and we're sitting down. And then as they were coming in, all the pastors coming in were male. It wasn't one female. And I turned around to the uh, person I worked with and I said, I'm in trouble. And all pastors came and there was about 15 pastors sit, standing there, all male. And including their leader, who was the overseer, is standing there. They shared all they had to share. And then one of the pastors said, we've got uh, Pastor Ruth who's going to share with us. But before she comes up, we're going to ask her overseer to come and share with us. And the overseer stood up. No, actually she said, we're going to ask her overseer to come and greet us. Say greeting, and then Ruth is going to come up. He went up, and I'm not even exaggerating. This is what he said. I remember this word every day. He said, I don't know what she has to say. But I feel I need to share with you what God gave me. <laughs> you know when you're like, please no, let the ground swallow me up now. <laughs> now. <laughs> or let rapture come now. <laughs> I felt this move. And he went on to talk. Honestly, he spoke for 30 minutes. And then he said, Oh, the time is going. Okay, I'm going to let her say something, but nobody leave because what I need to say is important. And then he said, come on, Ruth, come and say what you have to say. Literally, I walked on, although I looked like this, in the spirit, I was like this. I felt like a little girl, like, I don't want to go up, I don't want to go up. And I went out and I shared what God gave me. When I looked around in the corner, the same guy who had invited me was in tears. He was crying. And I thought, it was so funny. You know when you have a different relationship with the Holy Spirit? I walked over and I said, Holy Spirit, is he crying? And I walked over to him and I was like, oh my gosh, he's crying. I said, Holy Spirit, you're doing something. The thing about being that place was, it taught me something. It taught me that it's not me, but the God in me. They might not accept me, but they have to accept the God in me. They might not even welcome me, but they have to welcome the God in me. Needless to say, one of my best friends. He came back after I spoke. He came back on the pulpit. He said. Everything I was going to tell you, she's already told you, so you don't have to stay behind. <laughs> and then he turned around and said, Pastor Ruth, would you come back next week and teach us some more? I was like, God, you're God. We have no choice in this nation but to serve God. I've been walking around and just seeing how much UK, the environment, how much everything has changed in the last 10 years. It's just too far. And one of the things I felt that we need to realize and remember, if we're gonna go through these things and God takes us through these things and we come up from the other side, we better scream about him. We better tell everybody about him. 
the secret Jesus that we used to have is no longer possible because the nation is going. We need to talk about this Jesus wherever we are. If we still believe him, if we still follow him, if we are still his, we need to be able to talk about him. Because when he takes us through the waters, when he takes us through the fires, when he takes us through all those things, He's doing it so that we can turn around and say, guess what Jesus done for me? Guess what the Lord done for me? Guess what I almost died, but Jesus brought me around. I almost lost this, but Jesus done this and Jesus done that. That's why. But if he brings us up to now, and all we do is come on Sunday morning, clap our hands and tick the boxes that we've come to church and go home. You'll be ashamed. So I end this to say, when you go through the waters, when you go through the fire, none of it will overcome you. That's why we're still here. But your response is what you do about him. About him. Your response, your love response, is who are you going to tell about him? That is your response. In 20, this year, 2023, I managed to finish the book. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, what do I do now? I finished it, what do you want me to do? And I spoke to, there's, there's a, a, a guy that came into my life and he was like, he's an editor, I didn't know he was an editor. And he said, I'll edit it for you. I said, fantastic. Because normally editors take a lot of money. And he done it for free. So then I said, okay, it needs to be printed. I laughed him, I said, well, I ain't got the money to print it. And I honestly, I went to the printers, I said, how much is it to print it? They gave me the price. And I brought the piece of paper with the price. And, sorry, I brought my phone, which had the message from the uh, printers, and I put it on the floor. And I said, well, this is how much your book is going to cost. Just to let you know. And a friend called me from, from London, and she said to me, how's your book going? I said, it's finished. She said, wow. How much is it? So I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, how, mu are you, how much is it to print it? And she goes, I said, wow, funny you say that. And I told her the price. And she goes, wow, amazing. God will do it. So I said, yeah, no, it's his book. Not my problem, it's his book. <laughs> do you know that before I finished that call, she had sent the money. She had sent the money. You should have seen me running to the printers. <laughs> I was like, before I have any problems, and they require money. Let me send right to the printers. Get the printers. And the guy, the printers, looked at this book and he said, I don't know what it is about this book, but God is on it. And I said, oh yeah, I know. Because it's definitely not me. It's all of him. And this book is about the fires I've been through, the waters I've been through, and the God and the wonderful, wonderful God that has brought me through it. And I stand here today, not as a testament of my youth, 
but I stand here today as a testament of a God who knows my name, who has brought me through the fires, through the waters, has not allowed any of them to finish me off. Yeah, I might have some scars here and there, some battle scars, that's fine, but it has not finished me off. So, and I just want to thank you also as a church for praying for me. I want to thank you for standing in the gap for praying. I want to thank you for being there for the work, always for supporting the ministry. I want to thank the wonderful Nick for being my chauffeur. He picked me up from the airport, drives me to the airport. Yesterday I said to him, oh, I've got another trip, are you available? You know, but honestly, I don't take it for granted. It is. I'll give God praise for it. So thank you. I love you dearly, and I thank you for welcoming me every time I come. God bless you. We're just gonna, I'm just gonna pray quickly. Just close our eyes. Yeah. Lord, I just want to thank you that even from what was shared and uh, in Ephesians and the picture that you gave your daughter, that Lord, you are encouraging us this morning. You're encouraging us to remember that we are yours. We belong to you and not to anyone else. <coughs> to remember that even in the things that we go through that we don't like are not pleasant, you're still your, we're still yours. And you still know us. And you are with us for you. And Lord, I pray right now for anybody that's been through the waters, and for anybody that's feeling a bit battered by the winds and battered by the waters and the storms of life and the difficulties of life, Lord, I just pray that you comfort them right now. Comfort them that they will know that you're theirs. Comfort them that they will know that you will never leave them nor forsake them. And better than anything else, comfort them that they will know that all things are going to work out for their good. Isn't it wonderful, Lord, that you want us to look like your son? You want us to look like Jesus, behave like Jesus. And therefore, Lord, I pray, in all that we go through until we meet again, may we remember that we are yours and you will take us through. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.